Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 54. Today we are beginning a new book in the Old Testament named Deuteronomy. It's the last book written by Moses, written near the end of his life. It's really a collection of sermons or talks that Moses is giving the people to the new generation of people who are there ready to enter the land and who need to hear what God is telling them to do and how they are to live their lives. In one sense, Moses is telling them, make sure you follow God. As they follow Joshua, the new leader, in a moment after the end of this book is done, Moses is saying, you need to follow God. And what's amazing is that as you read the story in, of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke, uh, you'll see Jesus say something very similar where he tells them to follow him. In other words, he is saying, don't follow some other prophet, don't follow anybody else now, but follow God himself. And Jesus says, follow me. What an amazing claim that is. And we'll see that more as we look at Luke 5. But let's begin today with Deuteronomy chapter 1. This is what Moses said to all the Israel, all of Israel in the Transjordanian wilderness, the arid rift valley opposite Suf between Paran and Tophel, Laban, Hazaroth, and De-Zahab. Now it is ordinary an 11-day journey from Horeb to Kadesh Barnea by way of Mount Seir. However, it was not until the first day of the 11th month of the 40th year that Moses addressed the Israelites just as the Lord had instructed him to do. This took place after the defeat of King Zion of the Amorites, whose capital was Heshbon, and King Og of Bashan, whose capital was Ashtaroth, specifically in Edria. So it was in the Transjordan, in Moab, that Moses began to deliver these words. The Lord our God spoke to us at Horeb and said, You have stayed in the area of this mountain long enough. Head out and resume your journey. Enter the Amorite hill country and all its neighboring areas, including the Rift Valley and the hill country, the foothills, the Negev, and the coastal plain, all of Canaan and Lebanon as far as the great river, that is the Euphrates. Look, I have already given the land to you. Go and occupy the territory that I, the Lord, promised to give you to your descendants, the ancestors of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants." I also said to you at that time, I am no longer able to sustain you by myself. The Lord your God has increased your population to the point that you are now as numerous as the very stars of the sky. Indeed, may the Lord, the God of your ancestors, make you a thousand times more numerous than you are now, blessing you just as he said he would. But how can I alone bear up under the burden of your hardship and strife? Select wise and practical men, those known among your tribes, whom I may appoint as your leaders." You replied to me that what I said to you was good. So I chose as your tribal leaders wise and well-known men, placing them over you as administrators of groups of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens, and also as other tribal officials. I furthermore admonished your judges that at that time they should pay attention to issues among your fellow citizens and judge fairly, whether between one person and a native Israelite or a resident foreigner. They must not discriminate in judgment but hear the lowly and the great alike. Nor should they be intimidated by human beings, for judgment belongs to God. 
If the matter being adjudicated is too difficult for them, they should bring it before me for a hearing. So I instructed you at that time regarding everything you should do. Then we left Horeb and passed through that immense forbidding wilderness that you saw on the way to the Amorite hill country, as the Lord God had commanded us to do, finally arriving at Kadesh Barnea. Then I said to you, you have come to the Amorite hill country, which the Lord your God is about to give us. Look, he has placed the land in front of you. Go up, take possession of it, just as the Lord, the God of our ancestors, said to do. Do not be afraid or discouraged. So all of you approached me and said, let's send some men ahead of us to scout out the land and bring us back word as to how we should attack it and what the cities are like there. I thought this was a good idea, so I sent twelve men from among you, one from each tribe. They left and went up to the hill country, coming to Eshkol Valley, which they scouted out. Then they took some of the produce of the land and carried it back down to us. They also brought a report to us, saying, the land that the Lord our God is about to give us is good. You were not willing to go up, however but instead rebelled against the Lord your God. You complained among yourselves privately and said, because the Lord hates us, he brought us up out of Egypt to deliver us over to the Amorites so they could destroy us. What is going to happen to us? Our brothers have drained away our courage by describing people who are more numerous and taller than we are and great cities whose defenses appear to be as high as the heaven itself. Moreover, they said they saw Anakites there. Those are giants, by the way. So I responded to you, do not be terrified of them. The Lord your God is about to go ahead of you. He will fight for you just as you saw him do in Egypt and in the wilderness where you saw him carrying you like a man carries his son. This he did everywhere you went until you came to this very place. However, through all of this, you did not have confidence in the Lord your God who would go before you on the way to find places for you to camp, appearing in a fire at night and a cloud by the day to show you the way you ought to go. When the Lord heard you, he became angry and made this vow. He said, Not a single person of this evil generation will see the good land that I promised to give to your ancestors. The exception is Caleb, son of Jephunan. He will see it, and I will give him and his descendants all the territory on which he has walked, because he has wholeheartedly followed me. As for me, the Lord was also angry with me on your account. He said, You also will not be able to go there. However, Joshua, son of Nun, your assistant, will go. Encourage him, because he will enable Israel to inherit the land. Also, your infants, whom you brought who you thought would die and the way, and your children, who as yet did not know good from bad, they will go there. I will give them the land, and they will possess it. But as for you, turn back and head to the wilderness by the way of the sea. Then you responded to me and admitted, We have sinned against the Lord. We, have, we will now go up and fight as the Lord God has told us to do. So each of you put on your battle gear and prepared to go up to the hill country. But the Lord told me, Tell them this, Do not go up and fight, because I will not be with you, and you will be defeated by your enemies. I spoke to you, but you did not listen. Instead, you rebelled against the Lord and recklessly went up to the hill country. The Amorite inhabitants of that area confronted you and chased you like a swarm of bees, striking you down from Seir as far as Horma. Then you came back and wept before the Lord, but he paid no attention to you whatsoever. Therefore, you remained at Kadesh for a long time, indeed for the full time. Then we turned and set out toward the wilderness on the way to the Red Sea, just as the Lord told me to do, detouring around Mount Seir for a long time. At this point, the Lord said to me, You have circled around this mountain long enough. Now turn north. Instruct these people as follows. You are about to cross the border of your relatives, the descendants of Esau, who inhabit Seir. They will be afraid of you, so watch yourselves carefully. Do not be hostile toward them, because I am not giving you any of their land, not even a footprint. For I have given Mount Seir as an inheritance for Esau. You may purchase food to eat and water to drink from them. All along the way, I, the Lord your God, have blessed your every effort. I have been your attentive. 
I have been attentive to your travels throughout this great wilderness. These 40 years I have been with you, you have lacked nothing. So we turned away from our relatives, the descendants of Esau, the inhabitants of Seir, turning from the root of the Rift Valley, which comes up from Elat and Ezion Geber, and traveling the way of the wilderness of Moab. Then the Lord said to me, Do not harass Moab and provoke them to war, for I will not give you any of their land as your territory. This is because I have given Ar to the descendants of Lot as their possession. The Emites, who used to live there, a people as powerful, numerous, as tall as the Anakites. These people, as well as the Anakites, also, are also considered Rephites. The Moabites call them Emites. Previously, the Horites lived in Seir, but the descendants of Esau dispossessed and destroyed them and settled in their place, just as Israel did to the land it came to possess, the land the Lord gave them. Now get up and cross the Wadi Zared. So we did so. Now the length of time it took us to go from Kadesh Barnea to the crossing of Wadi Sered was 38 years, time for all the military men of that generation to die, just as the Lord had vowed to them. Indeed, it was the very hand of the Lord that eliminated them from within the camp until they were all gone. So it was after all the military men had been eliminated from the community, the Lord said to me, Today you are going to cross the border of Moab, that is Ar. But when you come close to the Ammonites, do not harass or provoke them, because I am not giving you any of the Ammonites' land as your possession. I have already given it to Lot's descendants as their possession. That is also, that also is considered to be land of the Rephites, the Rephites who lived there originally. The Ammonites called them Zamzumites. They are the people as powerful, numerous, and tall as the Anakites. But the Lord destroyed the Rephites in advance of the Ammonites, so they possessed, dispossessed them and settled down in their place. This is exactly what he did for the descendants of Esau who lived in Zir when he destroyed the Horites before them so that they could dispossess them and settle in their area to this very day. As for the Avites who lived in the settlements as far west as Geza, Kaphtarites who came from Crete destroyed them and settled down in their place. Get up, make your way across the Wadi Arnon. Look, I have already delivered over to you Zion the Amorite, king of Heshbon, on this land. Go ahead, take it. Encourage him in war. To this very day, I will begin to fill all the people of the earth with dread and to terrify them when they hear about you. They will shiver and shake in anticipation of your approach. Then I sent messengers from Kidamoth wilderness to King Zion in Heshbon with an offer of peace. Let us pass through your land. We will keep strictly to the roadway. We will not turn aside to the right or the left. Sell us food for cash so that we can eat and sell us water to drink. Just allow us to go through on foot just as the descendants of Esau who live at Seir and the Moabites who live in Ar did for us, until we cross the Jordan to the land the Lord your God is giving us, the Lord our God is giving us. But King Zion of Eshbon was unwilling to allow us to pass near him, because the Lord our God had made him obstinate and stubborn, so that he might deliver him over to you this very day. The Lord said to me, Look, I have already begun to give over Zion and his land to you. Start right now to take his land as your possession. When Zion and all his troops emerged to encounter us in battle at Jahaz, the Lord our God delivered him over to us and we struck him down along with his sons and everyone else. At that time, we seized all his cities and put every one of them under divine judgment, including even women and children. We left no survivors. We kept only the livestock and plunder for the cities for ourselves. From Aurora, we, which is the edge of the Wadi Arnon, it is the city of in the Wadi, all the way to Gilead, there was not a town able to resist us. The Lord our God gave them all to us. However, you did not approach the land of the Ammonites, the Wadi Jabbok, and the cities in the hill country, or any of the places forbidden by our God, the Lord our God. Next, we set out en route to, the ba to Bashan, king of Og, 
of Bashan and his whole army came out to meet us in battle at Edri. The Lord, however, said to me, Don't be afraid of him because I have already given him his whole army and his land to you. You will do to him exactly what you did to King Zion of the Amorites who lived in Heshbon. So the Lord our God did indeed give us Give over to us King Og of Bashan and his whole army, and we struck them down until not a single survivor was left. We captured all his cities at that time. There was not a town we did not take from them. Sixty cities, all the region of Argbad, the dominion of Og of Bashan. All of these cities were fortified by high walls, gates, and locking bars. In addition, there were a great many open villages. We put all of these under divine judgment, just as we had done to King Zion of Heshbon every occupied city, including women and children, but all the livestock and plunder from the cities we kept for ourselves. So that at that time, we took the land of the two Amorite kings in the Transjordan from Wadi Arnon to Mount Hermon. The Sidonians called Hermon Syrian, and the Amorites called it Sinar. All the cities of the plateau, all of the Gilead and Bashan, as far as Zalek and Edri, cities of the kingdom of Og of Bashan. Only King Og of Bashan was left in the remaining Rephaites. It is noteworthy that his sarcophagus was made of iron. Does it not indeed still remain in Rabbah of the Amorites? It is thirteen and a half feet long and six feet wide, according to the standard measure. This is the land we brought under our control at that time, the territory extending from Arar from the Wadi Arnon and half the Gilead hill country with its cities I gave to the Reubenites and Gadites. The rest of Gilead and all of Bashan and the kingdom of Og I gave to the half-tribe of Manasseh. All the region of Argbad, that is, of all Bashan is called the land of Rephaim. Jer, the son of Manasseh, took all the Argbad region as far as the border with the Gersherites and the Makarites, namely Bashan, and called it by his name, Havath Jer, which it retains to this very day. I gave Gilead to Makir. To the Reubenites and Gadites, I allocated territory extending from Gilead as far as Wadi Arnon, which is the exact middle of the Wadi as a boundary all the way to the Wadi Jabuk, the Ammonite border. The Rift Valley and the Jordan River were also a border from the Sea of Kinnereth to the sea in the Rift Valley, that is the Salt Sea, beneath the slopes of Pisgah to the east. At that time, I instructed you as follows. The Lord your God has given you the land, this land for your possession. Your warriors are to cross over equipped for battle before your fellow Israelites, but your wives, children, and livestock, of which I know you have many, may remain in the cities I have given to you. You must fight until the Lord gives your countrymen victory as he did you, and they take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them on the other side of the Jordan River. Then each of you may return to your own territory that I have given you. I also commanded Joshua at the same time, You have seen everything the Lord your God did to these two kings. He will do the same to all the kingdoms who, where you are going. Do not be afraid of them, for the Lord your God will personally fight for you. Moreover, at that time, I pleaded with the Lord, O sovereign Lord, you have begun to show me your greatness and strength. What God in heaven or earth can rival your works and your mighty deeds? Let me please cross over to see the good land on the other side of the Jordan River, the hill country and the Lebanon. But the Lord was angry at me because of you and would not listen to me. Instead, he said to me, enough of that. Do not speak to me any more about this matter. Go up to the top of Pisgah and take a good look to the west, north, south, and east, for you will not be allowed to cross the Jordan. Commission Joshua and encourage and strengthen him, because he will lead these people over and will enable them to inherit the land you will see. So we settled down in the valley opposite Beth Peor. And so Moses, at the beginning of the book of Deuteronomy, is just basically recounted a whole bunch of the 
things that happened in the 40 years leading to that time from the leaving Egypt to that exact moment. And then he's going to continue in the rest of the book, basically repeating to the people of Israel what God's law and his instructions are for them and how to live their lives before him. And he's telling them, follow God, follow God's ways. And now we turn to Luke 5 and we'll see Jesus increasingly described by the uh, writer Luke as the person to follow and even hearing those words from Jesus himself telling the disciples that he calls to himself to follow him. Luke chapter 5. Now Jesus was standing by the lake of Genazareth, and the crowd was pressing around him to hear the word of God. He, s- he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then Jesus sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing, but at your word I will lower the nets. When they had gone when they gone and done this, they caught so many fish that their nets started to tear. So they motioned to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so that they were about to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For Peter and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken, and so were James and John, Zebedee's sons, who were Simon's business partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. So when they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came to him who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he bowed down with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then he ordered the man to tell no one, but commanded him, Go and show yourself to the priest and bring the offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But the news about him spread even more, and the large crowds were gathering together to hear him and to be healed of their illnesses. Yet Jesus himself frequently withdrew to the wilderness and prayed. Now on one of those days, while he was teaching, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting nearby who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was on him to heal. Just then some men showed up carrying a paralyzed man on a stretcher. They were trying to bring him in and place him before Jesus. But since they found no way to carry him in because of the crowd, they went up to the roof and let him down on the stretcher through the roof tiles right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. Then the experts in the law and the Pharisees began to think to themselves, Who is this man who utters blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their hostile thoughts, he said to them, Why are you raising objections within yourselves? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Stand up and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, stand up, take up your stretcher, and go home. Immediately he stood up before them, picked up the stretcher he had been lying on, and went home glorifying God. Then astonishment seized them all, and they glorified God. They were filled with awe, saying, We have seen incredible things today. 
After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. Follow me, he said to him. And he got up and followed him, leaving everything behind. Then Levi gave a great banquet in his house for Jesus, and there was a large crowd of tax collectors and others sitting at the table with them. But the Pharisees and the experts of the law complained to to Jesus' disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, Those who are well don't need a physician, but those who are sick do. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Then they said to him, John's disciples frequently fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours continue to eat and drink. So Jesus said to them, You cannot make the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them, can you? But those days are coming, and when the bridegroom is taken from them, at that time they will fast. He also told them a parable. No one tears a patch from a new garment and sews it on an old garment. If he does, he will have torn the new, and the piece from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins and will be spilled, and the skins will be destroyed. Instead, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. No one after drinking old wine wants the new, for he says, the old is good enough. And so we complete the story, and I hope you noticed a number of times, Jesus calling these simple people, uh, fishermen, uh, tax collector, hated by the people, to follow him as the one who is worthy to be followed, having seen his power, his authority, and his grace and his mercy to forgive sins. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, HTTP, netbible.com, copyright 1996, 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You were always there.